Hello and welcome back to another Buffy podcast. I'm Trevor. And I'm Kristen. And we're going to geek out about Buffy. Today's episode is season two. Woo! Episode one, When She Was Bad. Feels like forever. <laughs> it does. It's such a shift. Yeah. This, the the season two premiere is such a shift from all of season one because season and also I I just read I don't know why I didn't realize this before but Christoph Beck didn't score the first season so this is his first oh. episode in and I'll that's bet why that's the music sounds different yeah. yeah like it feels different and then also like as we mentioned throughout season one we're like it starts to get more in depth yeah and serious um not or not more serious because there's obviously serious stuff in season one but like it gets more um more layered yeah this feels a lot more like you're following an overarching story as opposed to just like monster of the week absolutely this is my first favorite episode oh wow yeah this is like whenever i would watch this episode i would be like oh right this is (laughs) so good (laughs) <laughs> and I just, I love everything about this episode. I love that it's still pulling in story from season one, but I love that it's like pulling or like going towards the character development from season two. It's just like all of it is so good. Plus everybody feels like they've settled in their characters a little bit more, which is nice. And I mean, I think you you're, you were totally right about the music. I think the fashion's a little better because there's like four of my favorite Buffy outfits in this episode. <laughs> They go all in. They really do right away at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um it's just got a whole different vibe to it. Uh I think you're you're right. Like it's it's the first season. Every time I rewatch the show, I'm always like um like when I'm watching through season 1, I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I know that I love Buffy and I kind of and there's obviously the ones that we talked about that we really love in that. Yeah season but it is you're just kind of like going through and then once you hit when she was bad you're like oh right this is god tier television you're like this is the show this is this when is it the becomes the show and it's the this same is what you know, I fell in love with it's a lot like a, a handful of shows that have come out in the last you know 10 15 20 years like specifically parks and recreation and the u.s office because both of their first seasons are short and they're also widely regarded as being sort of mediocre and it's not until you get to season two that it like really picks up and i couldn't agree more with that about this show because it is like it's like literally from minute one this episode is is like it just feels like it's firing on different cylinders. It, there's something yeah. so much more special about it. It feels like there's a confidence in it. Like yeah. in the first season, it was like here's a whole bunch of monsters of the week. Hopefully, this gets picked. Like clearly, the people making it um, were hopeful that yeah. season one would continue. But um, in season two, it feels like everybody, the actors, the writers the dps everybody is just like oh we got picked up people love the show yeah like we're making something good and then they put even more effort into making it great which is 100%. so good and you feel that from everybody yeah also buffy's hair is a lot better i like your hair <laughs> <laughs> she's like cut it and it's stopping so floofy it was real floofy speaking of her hair there's a couple instagram accounts that i follow 
um, that talk about uh, there's like Buffy the Outfit Slayer I think is one of them and uh, mm. and it's they they cover all the looks and all the episodes and one there's this I can never remember when it is but Buffy has this phase where she has like these really short bangs and it's just yeah awful I'll tell you when that is because it's your favorite season three episode Amends and her bangs are trash I take it back I love it. <laughs> Her bangs are hard trash, as is that episode. That's <laughs> uh, so such a good episode. <laughs> we're gonna, uh, that's when we're gonna just quit the podcast. We're gonna get in a yeah. huge fight, and then we're gonna be like, "It's over." <laughs> yes, it's a four-hour fight. We're like, "That's it. You don't get shit." Um. So, basically, this episode, Buffy's been gone all summer. It follows that trope that most um, network television shows still do to this day, where they end and then we don't see them over the summer. And when they come back, they talk about how their summer was. Yep. Um, and so she comes, she's with her dad all summer. And this also is the last episode I think we ever see her dad. Yeah, I, I can't don't... remember if you see him when he's arguing with her mom in the finale of season two in the flashback. I don't well, think in the you flash... see him. I think you... Yeah, in the, I, I think, think you, you do see it. him, but it is a flashback. So it's like, this is the last like current time that we right. ever lay eyes on Hank. Right. Yeah. And then you see him in the comics. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, But, yeah, so Buffy comes back, and she's kind of an asshole to everybody. Have you seen Giles? Why don't I do that? Same at school. I love it. Uh, Yeah. And that's the story of this, like, I mean, obviously, there's the whole bringing the master back, but, like, the story of it, that's why this resonates so much, too, because there isn't technically a monster of the week. Yeah. Like, it is... Buffy dealing with her emotions and like trying to deal with trauma and denying it and like going through these stages, um, which is so fascinating to watch. It really is. And I, I did notice when I was watching this today, I was like, well, everybody's like, look, Buffy, I don't know what your deal is, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, did you all forget that she died? She like physically died. And I just feel like that's something that they should like Giles is the only one who even mentions it and he even still is just sort of like well you know there's probably some trauma from that <laughs> but it's right. not like a serious conversation I suggest that uh, the explanation for her behavior may be something well more mundane they simply have what you Americans refer to as issues uh, her experience with the master must have been extremely traumatic well, she was for at least a few minutes technically dead I don't think she's dealt with that on a conscious level. Everybody's just like, you're being a real bitch, Buffy. And I'm like, I feel like yeah. she's got excuses. Yeah, there, there's a reason. Yeah. Because <laughs> even when Giles was just like, she hasn't dealt with her trauma. And and uh, what's his name? Um, Xander. He was just like, yeah, about the trout. That's the, yeah. the trout is what you're talking about. Yeah, that's just like... I understand why they were trying to be sensitive and, like, not talk about it in front of Buffy, but then she just is standing, like, four paces behind Giles for, like, the last <laughs> 30 seconds of the conversation. And I'm just like, I mean, I, she definitely heard you. It doesn't matter right. that you've tried to cover with Trout now. Yeah, let's uh, cover that. Cordelia is the only one who actually, I, in my opinion, speaks to her appropriately. Because I think Cordelia doesn't even know that Buffy died. And so she just is like... You're really campaigning for Bitch of the Year, aren't you? As defending champion, you're nervous. I can hold my own. You know, 
we've never really been close, which is nice because I don't really like you that much, but you have on occasion saved the world and stuff, so I'm gonna do you a favor. And this great favor is? I'm gonna give you some advice. Get over it. Excuse me? Whatever's causing the Joan Collins tood, deal with it. Embrace the pain, spank your inner mop it, whatever, but get over it. Because pretty soon you're not going to even have the loser friends you've got now. And she's the only one yeah. who's like tough loving it as opposed to like, I don't understand why you're being this way, Buffy. And it's like, again, re-death. Actual death. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. something had to have happened. And does does she know? I think she knows, right? Or no. I, I mean, think... someone would have told her. Maybe, but maybe not. That's true, because either they told her that night or because she hasn't seen them since this all summer. So right. if they didn't tell her that night, then... She wouldn't have found out. But yeah, I do. Cordelia is one of the few who like notices something's wrong right away mm-hmm. um, and calls her out for it. Whereas everybody else is like, uh, what? I do. That's one of my favorite scenes of the whole show or the whole this whole episode is Buffy arrives at the bronze and she's wearing a killer late 90s sheath dress in like a navy yeah. blue it like looks incredible on her it's like not backless but the back is pretty low and like i just the whole thing everything about it so she arrives and angel is there and she's a real bitch to angel which is hilarious hi hi so is there danger at the bronze should i beware i can't help thinking i've done something to make you angry bothers me more than I'd like. I'm not angry. I don't know where that comes from. What are you afraid of? Me? Us? Could you contemplate getting over yourself for a second? There's no us. Look, Angel, I'm sorry if I was supposed to spend the summer moaning over you, but I didn't. I moved on. To the living. I love that part. (laughs) specifically but like cordelia (laughs) watches her be a bitch to angel and then like watches her go over to xander and ask him to dance and like it it just keeps cutting back to like reaction shots from cordelia and she's like something's going on and i I just love that she's like she's acting a little too much like me right now and this is like not a buffy special and then my actual favorite moment from this episode is the sexy dance with Xander because it's yeah. it's the meanest thing that Buffy ever does. Xander, did I ever thank you for saving my life? No. Don't you wish I would? And I couldn't love it more. There's kind of, I mean, part of it is she's trying to push them all away. Yeah. Like, she's just trying to push everybody away, so she's trying to be as mean as she can, because that not only fucks with Xander, but also fucks with Willow. Well, and, and so it fucks with Angel. To... Angel's still and watching her. And it fucks her. with Angel, right. Yeah. She's basically trying to get them to stop being her friends, because yeah. she doesn't want to say it until she has to say it. Yep. Because um, for the longest time, I was just like, why the fuck did she do that? And then after a while, I was like, oh, you're, yeah. you're like, just trying to be a, a lone slayer. Well, she just is like, if I can make them leave before I have to tell them, then I'm not the bad guy. They are. Exactly. And it's yeah. like, whoo, that's like such such a like intense, crazy thing to decide is the right thing to do. But it, it makes sense from the eyes of a 16-year-old girl. 
Right. Who has recently died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting off of that boat because they really, it, it does not come up often that she no. like physically died. It's very rare that anybody, that any of them talk about it. And I, I think it's more important than that. <laughs> yeah. And then when they do, they bring it up more later in the series and it's always kind of a joke. Yeah. It's always brought up as like, oh, I mean, she died. I died twice. That kind of thing. So yeah. you're just like, nobody's really addressing the fact. Yeah. I just um, feel like this is a serious trauma. <laughs> and like, yeah. Everybody's like, Which, well, keep working. To, to their to their credit in the end when she has her therapy moment and like smashes the bones, which yeah. honestly chokes me up every so time good. I watch it. Yeah. Um, you see in their faces like they realize what it did to her. Yeah, oh, 100%. And like how, how much they kind of didn't pay respect to that, essentially. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely agree with that. And I do, there is a really lovely little moment at the end with Willow and Xander where, like, Buffy's really worried about going back to, like, spend time with them again. And they just are immediately cracking jokes in a way that's, like, really funny. And it, that was always the moment that I really liked and what I feel like sort of cements their friendship in a way because it's like they've been friends for the whole of season one but it's that moment that kind of is like you can be ugly around us and we'll still care you just right. we we have to like come out the other side of it because like <laughs> they're decide they're trying to decide what to do that night I've, and that's the thing I love is that like the majority of this episode takes place on a Tuesday <laughs> because <laughs> i know that was like air day for buffy back in the day but i right. do love that it was like they're like let's go to the bronze and willow is like mm, wednesday night that's kind of tired and <laughs> xander is like well we could grind our enemies into talcum powder with a sledgehammer but gosh we did that last night and i just right. was like you did that on a tuesday night that's like <laughs> such an intense tuesday night that's a so, lot <laughs> so much to do on a tuesday night rescuing like yeah. like four hostages from a vampire cult i also forgot the anointed one was still alive again although Every that time was I a do. funny bit at the end where he's just like i hate that girl yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's funny um the 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 mentioning i know we're like jumping all over the place here but uh the mentioning of smashing our enemies to bits at the end is uh, the very specific <laughs> moment where i really loved their relationship because it could go it could go two ways one could be like they just pretend like it didn't happen mm -hmm. uh and they just sort of like hey whatever and that's where it started to go but then when he mentioned that it's very much like we're acknowledging that this happened like you were an asshole you did this thing mm -hmm. all of it was there but we still love you like it was i don't know it was just this subtle like we could just pretend like nothing happened and then keep it bottled up, which is also something that kind of bursts later in the series. But yeah, um, this this was kind of like a we're, we're aware that yeah. uh, what happened, but we're we forgive you kind of thing. Just because we didn't bottle this thing up doesn't mean we're not going to yeah. bottle up things later. <laughs> we will bottle all of the things up. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot more to come in the festering department. Oh, man. Yeah, I saw a video today that was like a Buffy mashup montage and it was it was basically pointing out a speech by someone in season seven mm. who I won't name so I don't spoil it but the speech saying you didn't earn it and then it was mm. just showing Buffy Buffy earning it for yeah. like seven minutes <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm just like I mean uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean you're I see what you're saying but you are not totally right right um 
But yeah, so the, in, in this episode, there's a lot of really cool things. Um, yeah. One was, uh, there was the nightmare sequence when mm. Giles comes up and says, a danger is coming. I remember that shocking me. Well, we'll deal with it. I hope it's that simple. It is not to worry. Trust me. I don't know. I mean, I've killed you once. It shouldn't be too difficult to do it again. What? Yeah, same. I remember being like, what? And yeah. then he smacks her and I was like, wait, what? And then yeah. you realize it's a dream pretty quickly when Xander and Willow are just like eating their ice cream. But it's also like, ah. Yeah, it's I do. There's like a lot of things like that in in this season that are like really kind of cool sort of gotcha moments almost. And yeah. I do like that one a lot. I Because it's like especially fun because Willow and Xander, you're right, are just like sitting there like eating their lunch snacks or whatever watching. Yeah. What what I apparently is David Boreanis. We decided yeah, it's, it's him in this episode a, in the master yeah. makeup, um, like a, just killing Buffy in daylight in the school set. So yeah, I do like that quite a lot. That was really good. And then rewinding all the way to the beginning, um, they establish the underlying sexual tension between Xander and Willow. Yeah, that comes to fruition later. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I do love that it's like we we sort of backed off it at the very end of season one. And then it I do love that it's like in the absence of Buffy for three months, they've reverted to the relationship they had before, except for it's potentially gone a step further because they they like are almost kissing. Right. When the vampire interrupts them. It's it's a weird scene, too, because Xander goes in for the kiss. Yeah. And they're about to. And then you would think. They go in for the kiss, you cut to the other angle, and they pull away because there's a vampire. But they're pulling away before they realize there's a vampire. So you're like, what? Mm. what's going on here? Like, what's keeping you from doing this? Yeah, I think that is probably just poor staging. Yeah, but- <laughs> that's, that's how I always took it. I was like, I feel yeah. like this edit should be a little tighter. Yeah, a little tighter. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely, they're, they're setting groundwork for something that happens, I think, in season three, right? Yeah, it's not for a minute. Yeah, we won't spoil that, but there's definitely precedent for it. Um, and I like, like you said, you know, with Buffy gone, it just flourishes. Yeah, which is fascinating. Especially because they face death together. Like, they, they have a much deeper relationship than they already had, which was already deep. Yeah, 100%. I, I do love those moments that we get with Willow and Xander because they do, they end up being pretty few and far between where the it's moments just between the two of them like that are just like platonic moments between just the two of them and i it bums me out a little because everything is obviously more from buffy's perspective like she is obviously the lead character of the show but i do i would prefer more moments where it it, where it is just willow and xander like being friends i i don't know i like that a lot and because it because then it bums me out like partway through the episode where Xander's just waiting for Buffy to show up at the bronze and Willow puts like the little ice cream on her nose to like try to recreate the moment. And he just is like, you've got something on your face. And it's just like, ah, you're killing me. (laughs) God damn it. Yeah. We were so close. Yeah. I know. My heart breaks for Willow in that moment too. I just, and that's Um, the thing is like, I, I don't care about them ever being together i don't want them to be together i don't think they are like an appropriate couple or anything but it just is like it's just more evidence to the fact that xander sucks yeah (laughs) they're just like oh 
Well, and Willow is just the character that you love. Yeah. Across the board at all times, even during the bad stuff. You're just like, I love this. It makes the bad stuff even hurt more because oh, yeah. Willow is such a lovable character. Willow and Xander have such good chemistry with each other, both as friends and when it's a little bit more. Yeah. Um. So it all works really well and you want more of it. Yo, for sure. And it's one of the reasons, like Xander being kind of a dick in that moment is one of the reasons why I think Buffy's sexy dance is like the height of comedy. Because <laughs> it's the, it is, I would, well, I would guess I would say it's the meanest to Willow, but it's the second meanest to Xander. Yeah. And it's like, he, he also doesn't catch on for like way too long <laughs> that she's yeah. like, that she's doing a thing to him and not like with him. Right. I just, yeah. it's very, plus it's like the music is so good in this episode. This is like the first episode where I love all the music too. Oh, it's yeah. like so it's got that, much. That famous um, where she, it's embedded in my brain where she said, turns her voice into sugar water. Yeah, uh huh. I love it. Such a beautiful song. It's a really good song. There's like the whole, every song in this episode is really good and really interesting. And it's like this, I think, because you said Christoph Beck, and I was like, ah. Because I think he was maybe the music supervisor, too, or, like, involved with the music choices and stuff. In season one? No, 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 now. Like, starting oh, oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he helped pick the music, yeah. Because this is when the songs start to mean things in the context of the show. Yeah. Like, my, I 100% my favorite needle drop is in two episodes. It is my favorite needle drop of the entire series, and it's in two episodes, and it is so ridiculously good and perfect. And we're going to spend excited, y'all. like at least five <laughs> minutes talking about it. And I'm going to make Trevor pull the song and everything and put it in the episode. It's no, but great. <laughs> it's really, really, really good. Start like starting now. I think the music choices that they start to make are like it builds so much on the momentum of the show in a way that it it there really wasn't i feel like they did, just didn't have a music budget in season one and so they just were like you know music that you can buy for free like license free music <laughs> and that's right. just sort of what they went with <laughs> they found yeah they found really good stuff i don't know if christoph beck worked with the music supervisor to pull songs but yeah the, uh, across the board all of it although there was that one song in season one that i loved i can't remember but it wasn't it wasn't like I loved the song. It was more I just remember it so vividly sure. and, and think <laughs> think about it whenever yeah. I think about Buffy. I guess I guess what I mean is that it feels the music and the score and everything feels a lot more cohesive. Yeah. Starting in season two, where it's like it all just sort of flows into each other a lot more easily, which is part of the reason why I really hate the moment where the theme song plays in the season one finale is because it's just like it's very disjointed it doesn't sound like any of the music that came before it's just it's like really bizarre it really does it lifts me right out of the show and in season two all of the music is very it feels exactly right for what's happening and we we haven't even gotten to any of the episodes with sarah mclaughlin in them <laughs> oh man. Which are important oh, episodes. That's all I'm saying. Those are big <laughs> episodes. Good God. Um yeah, I feel like season one was very throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Um uh, music wise, production wise, 
acting-wise, character-wise. I think think this also is when actual legitimate bands start coming on the show. Yeah. Because, like, Chiba Mato is a real band. (laughs) Yeah, they were. They were at least. I don't know if they still are, but yeah. that's a that's a real <laughs> twenty band. years later, maybe. Yeah, um, that's. I think that's also why a lot of people just start in season two because season one, as we've agreed, has so much great stuff. But season two is where you feel that love for the show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, season one is just super fun, and there's a lot of cool moments. Um, and I it just all, like it, it's, every, every time somebody is like, "I'm gonna just skip season one and go right to season two, and I'm like, "But you're gonna miss. The pack, and you're gonna miss yeah. the puppet show, and you're gonna miss the finale, and you're gonna miss the episode about Angel, and I'm just like, yeah, there's ah. so much. I know when people are like, should I just skip season one? I'm like, no, you definitely should watch season one. Yeah, I do say that you have to kind of make it through season one because sure. it can be alarming how dated it is when you yeah. first go into it. I'd be like, it does get so much better than that, but it yeah. is still good. I definitely agree. I just like by the time that I'm because people have asked me and people have been like, well, what can I skip episodes? And I'm like, sure, you could skip a couple episodes. But by the time that I tell them which episodes to skip, they're still watching 10 episodes of television. Yeah. And I'm like, you may as well then just watch all yeah, of them. Just watch it. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, like you can skip the one where Willow falls in love with the robot and you can skip the one where Clea Duvall is invisible. And I'm like, that's kind of it. Right. Like the rest of them are all so important. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I I never tell anybody, like, people will be like, what, it's the same thing. I'm just like, you could skip an episode, but if you're already investing all that time, just yeah. watch them anyway. There's going to be a couple of things you like in it. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, this is, this just, this is where the show kind of takes off. I'm excited. Our, our episodes might end up getting a lot longer as it gets more and more in depth. Yeah, um, on once we show. get into the plotty episodes of this yeah. season, because this one is just like, it's like, okay, we're back. We have to finish up this one tiny thing from last season, and now we're like right. back to the status quo. So there's not like a ton of plot plot to cover, um, but I am really excited for the stuff, the stuff to come. That's coming. Yeah, yeah I will say this is this, um, this is the this is the diff- the second characterization of Angel. He is full broody, romantic, like I don't know, Byronic love. <laughs> person i don't know i really just am not a fan i but i was i wanted to say i do enjoy this aspect of angel and buffy in this episode sure sure like as opposed to the other like like star star cross lovers and yeah. oh i can't i can't live without you like that stuff is just like vomit fest for me but this <laughs> like the the moment when he's talking to her and she's an asshole and then yeah. she rolls over and he just goes like I missed you, and then she he leaves, and she goes, yeah. "I missed you too." Like they, I like those sweet moments where I'm like, "This is sweet," but sure, that's very sweet. T- take but, it too far, and then but then she's an asshole to him again, and I just laugh and laugh and laugh. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that stuff's funny. He's like, <laughs> "I feel like I did something to you." <laughs> I just, I do love because she's like, he says something about what about us, and I was like, "Bitch, she has not seen you since you let her drown." Because you claim there's no air in your body. And then I just was like, there is no us. And I love the, the how she comes back to him is, could you contemplate getting over yourself? Yeah. It's such a good comeback. I love it so much. <laughs> but I do, one of the things, because I one of the things that I do love about the relationship is actually the the their theme in the score. And this is the first moment that I think we get their theme 
in the it, at yeah. the very end after she smashes the master's bones and she's crying and he like goes to hug her it it goes into that little piano riff which is yeah, nice which is one yeah. of the best themes ever made it's really really good that being said it gets overused eventually <laughs> <laughs> blasphemy look Look, Listen, Kristen. <laughs> no, I have to put my foot down somewhere. It just—I learned it, this theme on the piano as a teenager, and I played really? it my whole life. I did. Yeah, that's fun. I do like it a lot. I really do like it a lot. But there gets to be a point where every time I hear that fucking first piano note, I'm like, oh god! I'm like, what's coming next? And it's just always like sappy bullshit. And it's for seasons and seasons and seasons. And I'm just like, Ugh. Yeah, it just goes forever. Yeah. Fun, fun fact, fun self-promoting fact. I, I make uh, to anybody out there, I make these uh, lullabies of film and TV scores um, on Spotify and Apple Music. And one of the ones on the first album that I made like five years ago was the Closer Eyes theme mm. of Buffy and Angel. And that has had the most plays like everything else wow. has like a thousand or so plays that one has 30,000 plays so I'm like oh Jeez. I guess people like this one yeah wow it's just a lullaby too but it's you know, close your eyes Everybody it just is it. like it's just already almost is a lullaby <laughs> like yeah. just on its own <laughs> yeah <laughs> put you right to sleep <laughs> um but yeah I love that theme Anyway, Cordelia. Oh, Cordelia. Do we have more Cordelia? Oh, yes, we do yeah, have more the, Cordelia. Yeah, she, she kind of joins. You see that she wants to be part of the Scoobies. A she little. comes up. Yeah. A little bit. Like, you can see that she has that FOMO, and she sure. comes up to them. And it's also interesting because Cordelia um, has this. She's paying attention to Buffy in a way that a self-centered popular girl shouldn't. Right. So it's like it's showing that she's not just this vapid, which we already know we talked about in season one, but it's showing even more. So she's not this vapid girl who's like just only thinking about herself. She's there's no other reason for her to be like worried about Buffy being an asshole other than like wanting Mm. to be part of that friend group, essentially, in my opinion. I do think it might be one of those sort of biological things, too, where like Buffy is the alpha female. Yeah. Where and Cordelia is like. Well, I am also, yeah. but a little less than her. <laughs> and so I just like, because there, there is obviously like a, a brute strength, you know, part of that. And so I do think that that is part of what Cordelia is responding to is it's like, well, she's not popular like I am, but she's got something going for her. Right. It wouldn't hurt to be in that realm. Right. And I do love that. And I that whole exchange that they have going into class, which is another one of my favorite Buffy outfits. Those like really, the really big sort, not even cargo pants, but they're like wide leg, like trousers almost. And like a white tank top. She looks incredible. It's ridiculous. (laughs) And then uh, Cordelia walks up and just goes, well, if it isn't the three musketeers and they all are like, is that an insult? Kind of like punch. The three musketeers were cool. And (laughs) I think it's Xander says, I would have gone with three stooges. And then they could just keep going and that's yeah. when she's like, did you fight any demons this summer? And Willow and Xander are acting ridiculous. And that's when Buffy's like, I would have gone with Stooges also. I love the <laughs> whole thing. It's such a like tightly written little exchange between the four of them. It's so perfectly yeah. done. And it's perfectly acted yeah. between the four of them too. 
It's yeah. it's like a masterclass in back and forths. It's funny because it it shows the I'm not sure where Xander and Willow were before Buffy got there in regard to being made fun of as like the losers, but mm. they definitely even more so now have a lot more confidence yeah. um, in the way they respond to insults and the rest of, because essentially like we've been exposed to world ending shit. Like what is, what is high yeah. school? This doesn't really you know, matter like, anymore. And Willow even is wearing like a pretty cute skirt actually, or a dress. It's like a little yeah, shirt she, dress. She, she like doesn't have these horrendous pattern. outfits anymore. <laughs> well, that's not entirely true. She has yeah. some pretty horrendous outfits still to come, but. True, true, true. But, but she she's is getting wearing, better. <laughs> yeah, she is wearing them with a lot more joie de vivre yeah. than she was. Like in season one, it was like, she was wearing like sofa upholstery and she knew it. Yeah. And now she's like, I bought this dress myself at JCPenney. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it just feels a lot more purposeful, all her clothes. Um, There's a, uh, yeah, that, that whole scene with, with Cordelia is great. And that's, that's the one where I mean, like you see, she comes up to them yeah. talking about the demons and she pretends like she doesn't want to be involved with them at all but you know she does oh yeah like you can just sure. feel like there's no reason for her to come talk to them if she really wanted to get away from them yeah um which i love i just love her whole cordelia's story arc across both of these series is uh, well good. and then she's got that scene at the end too with miss calendar no matter what they tell you none of that lust and blood and grunt comes out I mean, you can dry clean till Judgment Day. You are living with those stains. Yeah, that's the worst part of being hung upside down by a vampire who wants to slit your throat. The stains. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Oh, I love it. Charisma Carpenter is so good. Amazing. Yeah, she's so good. Um, and then there's also some good, there's some really good comedy around Principal Snyder in this episode. <laughs> in the beginning, and yeah. at the end, I, I love the beginning when uh, he he's like basically says like children are an, uh, an abomination and shouldn't be. And Giles is like, have you ever considered uh, given your abhorrence of children? School's principal was not perhaps your true vocation. Yeah, you, you probably shouldn't be a like school administrator. But he's just like he's like one day the courtyard is peaceful and quiet. <laughs> it just like sounds yeah. like a David Attenborough voiceover. <laughs> And then he's like, and the next day, just swarms of locusts. And it's so <laughs> funny. So funny. And then he, he like is basically narrating all of these boys and they're just every time they see a pretty face. Meanwhile, Giles is like falling all over himself trying to look at Jenny. And it's just right. so perfect. And then also his thing at the end. There's some things I can just smell. It's like a sixth sense. Well, actually, that would be one of the five. <laughs> Oh god. And it and it kind of marks his like cuz Snyder versus Buffy is a huge storyline in season 2. Yeah. Um and so that kind of kicks that off as well. There's a lot of yeah. things established in this episode. Yeah, definitely, and which are like going to be exciting to get into. I actually like straight up don't remember what episode 2 is. Cuz episode 3 is Cuz episode so. 3 is Spike and that's all I give a shit about. Yeah. Yeah. You're all, this is where you're like, so can we skip episode 2? Come on. Two? Come on. What is episode 2? Some assembly required. Ah. Oh god, yeah. So yes. that's one that I always think is a season 1 episode. Yeah, cuz it's always. not much of anything. Yeah. Um it's really creepy. Yeah, we're yeah. we're going to get into that in the next it one, is but super uh creepy. But yeah, that's that'll be fun. And then uh, 
this one we already talked about the ending of this one um, yeah <clears throat> it's very good i do love the like it's one of the moments in the show where it, it doesn't happen super often but it, it happens a few times where like they've read like a ritual or something but misinterpreted it and so it's like Actually, it happens in one of my favorite episodes, which is the season four Halloween episode um, with the like the fear demon. And it's like they're they're reading oh, yeah. the thing. And then it's like it, I'm not going to talk about it because it's one of my favorite little reveals. But it it's basically those who were closest to the master when he died are like going to like are part of the ritual or something like that. And so Buffy is like, well, it's me. We killed each other. And she's not wrong. That will like you know, that's a connection. You're connected. Right. But it is like those who were physically closest, which means it's like yeah. a Cordelia and Jenny and Willow and Giles, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's only Buffy and Xander left. They like leave Xander. They don't need him. And it is just one of those things, one of those moments where you're like, well, we know that Buffy is going into a trap. Right. But then we like, in it, and it kind of is one, but then it's even, it's more of a trap for the rest of them. And God, we actually almost didn't talk about a lot of things because I love the scene where Buffy tortures that vampire. Since I'm not going to kill you anytime soon, the question becomes, how are we going to pass the time till then? So, one more time. Oh, yeah. It's so good. And Xander and Angel are like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's so good. That's the type of thing that, like, she needs to be able to do that. Like yeah. when the situation arises and it, I, she doesn't do it often, but I think it is also one of the more hellish moments Cause she's putting a crucifix down the vampire's throat, which is right. Just horrific, but it's really good. I really, I enjoy it. It's essentially like pouring acid down someone's throat. Like, yeah. It's a pretty, but the, it, and it's, it's this weird, uh, reservation you feel because you're like that is a soulless yeah soulless evil being that's not she's not harming a person she's not harming an animal yeah she is harming something that is built only to kill people yeah viciously but and still. you still feel like maybe you <laughs> shouldn't do that <laughs> i'm like buffy you're going a little overboard <laughs> well because it's also it's not so much like you feel bad for the vampire you're concerned for buffy's mental state and yeah. doing something like that because yeah, no matter sure. how evil the thing is it's still a humanoid thing and she is torturing a humanoid thing and what it can do to her state yeah uh, which is fascinating we're gonna get into the relative morality of vampires at some point but um there is a similar thing later where like giles calls her out because she's she's irritated about it's in a future episode she's irritated about something else and she's just like wailing on a vampire that she's supposed to be staking in the cemetery and he's like that's enough, probably. Yeah. Like, there's no sense <laughs> in that. Kill him. Yeah, yes. and I do love that that is, like, it's sort of how she's taking out her frustrations sometimes. It's, right. It's definitely an interesting character trait, for sure. Yeah, I dig it. Um, and I also really love the scene between Buffy and Xander when mm. she gets back and realizes she fucked up, and Xander's like, If they hurt Willow, I'll kill you. Like, yeah. Well, it, like, you'll try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cute that you think you can. It's so adorable. <laughs> I appreciate the sentiment. No, I, I like that he drops all affection yeah. for her in that moment, because he's just yeah. like, how fucking dare you? Like, yeah, we for were sure. Here for you. Although, technically, it's like, you guys 
did just kind of brush over the fact that she died and didn't really address that, but yeah. she also I mean, didn't address it. <laughs> exactly. So that's the thing. That's the only part where I'm like, I guess it's fair is because immediately after she died, she was making jokes and they went to a school dance. And then I would imagine she almost immediately went to Los Angeles. So how would, how are they to know that she's been struggling all summer with this right. kind of thing? So I get it. I mean, it makes sense. And I like the the nuance to her dad, too, because the mom was yeah. just like, oh, you bought her a bunch of shit. And he was like, she was, um, you know, great. But she was just, I don't know, um, distant, not brooding or sulking, just there was no connection. The more time we spent together, the more I felt like. She was nowhere to be seen. Yeah. You know, and the only way I know how to deal with that is buy her stuff. And you feel for him where you're just like, he has no idea what she went through. Yeah. And you're also like, you also don't know how to parent clearly because you're just like. (laughs) Look, I've had a lot of bad times and my parents never were like, let me just buy you whatever you want. (laughs) Do I have to momentarily die? Yes. What is the line? That feels like too far. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, I I really love this episode. Me too. I, it's just, I mean, I feel like we, I feel like we haven't actually really like said much of note for 40 minutes, but I just do love it. It's just so good. And that's the thing is it's not deeply plotted. It's not a deeply plotted episode, but it is just, it's my first my first episode that was my favorite, where I just was like, oh, it's so good. Well, that, and that's the thing with this episode is it's not, it's so um, emotion-based. So, like, yeah. I feel like the only real way, other than the specific moments we called out that we enjoyed, like, the overall sense that it gives you is really what sells this episode. Not necessarily yeah. like, oh, I really love how act one bleeds into act two and then the hang in three and that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. it is just this big feeling that you have throughout all because you're emoting with Buffy and with her friends. Definitely. Um, and And it's just like, and it's a whole new vibe. Like, it's just... It really brings you in, and it brings you in slow into the new season. They're like, yeah. we're doing, we're, we're taking you onto a new level. We're not going to like throw a big bat in your face yet. We're just going to like yeah. recenter everybody. Which I do love that, that we are still like, and, and there's a buffer episode. Like this is cleaning up season one, which is great because it's reestablishing the status quo and where we're at and who everybody is and then we have like you said the next episode which is like a a buffer filler episode which doesn't happen at doesn't do anything at all and then episode three happens and then we're cooking with gas (laughs) and it's just like and then it is balls to the wall until the finale almost (laughs) episode three is gonna be two hours of Kristen talking straight (laughs) yeah yep nonstop. I'm not gonna let Trevor get a word in edgewise (laughs) and then Spike (laughs) yeah no it's amazing it's good um all right well I think that was that was everything I had for this episode do you have anything else no it's just my favorite. No. Also, just um, maybe maybe I'm going to go check out to see if Chibomato is still making music. <laughs> Download their latest album. Keep, keep everybody posted. <laughs> well, uh, check us out next time, and we'll talk about Some Assembly Required. We'll make it fun. <laughs> yes, we'll do our best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see you next time. We didn't actually 
say our things. Thank you for reminding yeah. me. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Trevor Carley. And I am at So I'm Watching uh, with my other podcast or at FiddleDD85 uh, if you want to follow just me. And uh, as always, please rate, review, and subscribe and let everybody know about our fancy little podcast. Woo! Woo! Bye. Bye. Bye.